Hello, and welcome to Think Pink, a brand new podcast where I talk about all things that emanate pink. Whether that be something that's considered feminine or otherwise, we'll be covering it all. I'm your host, Ellie Cooper, and I'm looking forward to sharing my interests with you and my guests. The point of this podcast is not to exclude the guys, but instead include every person that loves all things feminine. I'm going to break down how these things became gendered and how that label affects how we react to them today. While this podcast totally serves me more than you, I hope you can find some elements that are relatable and interesting to you. Maybe you come to find out you're more feminine than you realized. And with that, let's think pink. The following podcast is sponsored by the Hood College Gear Shop. The Gear Shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as the place where we bought or rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood-branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They even have Hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or notebook? The Gear Shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The Gear Shop has your back. Do you need a last-minute birthday gift for a friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is the Hood College Gear Shop has you covered for all your gift, school, snack, and Blazer-branded clothing needs. Mention my name, Ellie Cooper, and the name of this podcast, Think Pink, to receive 10% off your purchase of any Hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. For this episode, I wanted to talk to my mom because she's a really important woman in my life, not only because she is in fact the woman who gave birth to me, but she's always been there for me. She and both my parents really encourage me and my sister to just be who we are as individuals um, and kind of just enjoy whatever we like. I feel like I never had to second guess uh, my interests especially my feminine ones that sometimes people criticize the most just because they happen to be feminine. (laughs) So I wanted to bring her on this podcast. I really wanted to test her and see um, how she would respond to this one group that I found through social media, actually. So it's this punk group who came from Berkeley. They, I'm not gonna really reveal their name yet. I'm sure I'm gonna put it in the title, but (laughs) I feel like it's fun to, you know, intro things um, without revealing too much information because I want people to listen to the whole episode. So this group just had this one album that they produced that was really impactful for the time and the area, but the album didn't really make it that far. But every couple of years, it will resurface on the internet, and I guess this year was my year to discover it, and I really wanted to share it with my mom. They did produce their album in the late 80s, and that's about the time my mom was coming into her tween era. So she was still very young, but she was coming into womanhood. So I wanted to see how little Jenny, um, because that's my mom's name, Jennifer, (laughs) um, I wanted to see how little Jenny would react to this group. And with that, let's get into the episode. Do you want to talk about all three in this podcast? I don't, we don't even have to. I would like to talk about, like, 
any of them. We could even just stick with the one that we talked about this morning. Okay. So this is not of my time, but um, I found this group from the very late 80s that were a parody of the Beastie Boys. Oh, I, I love was, the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I was wondering if you heard of them. Okay. They're called the Yeasty Girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, sound, they sound like an infection. <laughs> So what? No, I I am I am unaware, unfamiliar. unfamiliar. I am unfamiliar with uh, the yeasty, <laughs> the yeasty girls. I think they need some medicine. <laughs> from the very little that I found, they took inspiration from the Beastie Boys. They just took their name and basically gender bent it and fit it to their agenda, or they morphed it to fit their agenda. They only had one album. Uh, it was a single released in 1988. Oh, let me let me calculate how old I was. <laughs> I was 12. Aww, little 12 year old me running around. Yeah. How cute is that? <laughs> Awkward, weird. Yes. No, so cute. It's called Overreaction. They were based in Berkeley, so San Francisco. No, Berkeley. Well, yeah, I guess it is the Bay Area, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Technically. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was very cool. I was like, ooh, West Coast. Let's see. It seems so exotic, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) For us. For us. Yeah, on the East Coast. We're like, ooh, West Coast. (laughs) So they were definitely a short-lived feminist rap trio group compromised of members Jane, Cammie, and Kate. They hailed from the fertile punk scene of Gilman Gilman Street in Berkeley, San Francisco. There was a fertile punk scene. Oh, a fertile. A from the fertile punk scene. Oh, from scene. the fertile. There was a fertile punk scene. I guess so. Yeah. I was. Well, I mean, granted, I was only twelve, but yes, yeah, so I didn't... don't. I don't really know that when I think San Francisco or Bay Area, I think, oh yeah, punk scene. No, not yeah. really. Okay, and more like beachy. Tell me what you, <laughs> from your twelve year old twelve year old perspective, mm-hmm. how. Did you experience the like late 80s? What did what stuck out to you? So I, you know, the 80s were an interesting time. I remember really watching, it was like such a time of excess and like color and like too muchness, I think, <laughs> personally. And maybe that's because I was wanting all of those things that I was seeing on television, but it was it was a different time. <laughs> but but no, we were all I just remember like wanting certain things and not being able to have them, you know, like, and so there was like lifestyles of the rich and famous. There were, I guess I kind of experienced it as, uh, in terms of music and everything, I was really listening to all of the very traditional, uh, feminine things like Whitney Houston. I want to find somebody to dance with. I want to, you know, uh, I want to have a boyfriend, those types of songs. Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, all of those movies that were really teaching me a very stereotypical and kind of micro worldview that a girl was supposed to have. Yeah, I can see that. It wasn't until I got a little older that I kind of got into the grungy, you know, F everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Your Cranberries era. My Cranberries era, yes, yes. (laughs) And, you know, to this day, I still prefer women singers, so. I do, too. Yeah, yeah I, nothing against men. Nothing I against men. I love male artists. Me, um, too. 
I just, I don't know why. I prefer a woman's voice. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, this is off topic, but I mm-hmm. am curious. Did you hear about the uh, editor of Rolling Stone magazine, a guy mm-hmm. who was on the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and he recently released a book and then got fired from being one of the directors or on the board of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because in his book and in an interview... He talks, well, first of all, it's called, his book is called The Masters, and it's all of the great people of rock and roll. And he didn't include a single woman or person of color. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And. Wow. I know. Wrong, right? And you're like. Out of all history. Out of all of history. And not only that, in an interview, like a podcast or somewhere, he said that he never inducted any women or people of color into the hall of fame because he didn't think that they were they were as good basically as white men that's crazy to anglo euro euro men yeah that's crazy because we have to acknowledge where rock and roll music comes from um it's not white people so that's really interesting Did not come from the Europeans. No. So, like, why are we dictating it? Like, oh, my goodness. I know. Which, I guess, kind of speaks to the both the necessity of doing what you're doing, which is talking about these groups that have existed or talking about people in history who have not conformed to tri- typical gender roles mm-hmm. and things like that. True. But also, like, this group. Like, I'd never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Probably because there were, well, number one, their name. Their names. <laughs> their name's not really marketable. Not the Yeezy best girls. Name. There's some, you know, I, I can't even, Vagisil, what are the yeast creams? Yes! <laughs> oh that my god! If I was in charge of their marketing, I'd be like, here. Everybody. Nowadays, it'd be like, ooh, you need some honey pot. You need some <laughs> honey pot. Yes! <laughs> Free honey pot with every, right? you know, CD sold. Oh, oh god, god, that just showed my age too, CD. But... <laughs> Yeah, um, now I guess it'd be like a QR code or coupon. Oh, I guess. Or a it would, yes, it's it something. would. But, um, or integrated marketing. Like maybe they'd have a song about Honeypot. They um, would. But also the barriers that were up against, you know, women, females, people of color. So, yes. But tell me about these yeasty girls. <laughs> I believe that the reason they formed and everything was to counteract everything that was going on in their current day and age. Um, and I know you can't speak to a lot of it, but do you remember the significance of the FCC during that time? That I do remember. Yeah. Because, yeah, and, and the whole FCC, so the FCC is the Federal Communications Commission. Gotcha. And so during that time... In the late 80s, because they were 88, is that what you 88, said? 88, yeah. yeah. So in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of talk about the FCC. There was, at that time, there was, um, uh, do you, did you ever hear, you, you've heard of Al Gore? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so his wife, Tipper, went in front of the Cong, went in front of Congress, got that explicit lyric uh, sticker put on all of the things. Yeah. There was so much talk. That was, I think that was the 90s. Everything's mm-hmm. a blur, but, um. I do remember there was a lot of uh, anger by certain artists towards the FCC, 
But then there was also kind of like this Moms for Liberty group who <laughs> apparently like was like, we can't have our children listening to explicit lyrics because then mm. the whole world will go to hell. I don't know. They're just words, but... They are. The label, it says the label was... Uh, added? The label was introduced in 1990. So yeah, so you, you know how slow everything runs in Congress. So that was yeah. like a couple years leading up to it. So and that's not I do... long after the Yeasty Girls released their album either. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about one song. Okay. Their album is very explicit and very raunchy, which is, you know, their vibe. That's what they wanted. I get that. So um, I think we should, I'm going to play a little bit of their song so that we can just get like a little idea of it. And then maybe I'll read some lyrics and we can talk about it. Okay. It's called FCC and it's from their album Overreaction. I feel like I butchered it the first time I said it, so it's called Ovary Action. We're the Yeasty Girls, we're on the radio now. We want to talk about sex, but we're not allowed. Because the FCC is cracking down hard. They want everything to sound just like a Hallmark card. They won't even let us talk about number two. But I wonder what they call it when they get it on the shoe. We know what word they're using, but we can't say it. Because the FCC is full of bulls. We're the Yeasty Girls, and we're here to say that you better do something and right away. Yeah, you better wake up and start using your head because your First Amendment rights are just about dead. Well, the FCC will tell you, or haven't you heard? They think the freedom of speech is a dirty word. Well, the Yeasty's got a message for the people who agree. With the stupid regulations of the FCC. You think your kids would be corrupted if they hear about poo? Well, there's nothing wrong with them. We think the problem is you. you. Biology is neat. We like our bodies just fine. If you're telling us it's dirty, well, well we, we say you're lying. lying. They call it a free country, but it feels like a prison. So write the Federal Communication Commission. Get your pen and paper ready, because here's the address. 1919 M Street Northwest. Washington, D.C. 20036. So, so tell them that they're stupid. Yeah, tell them that they're dead. Destroying our expression because they think it's outrageous. Tell them that they're living in the dark ages. We're the yeasty girls, and we're here to say we want the FCC to go away. Yeah, go away. <laughs> they went away. So go you know, away. You know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. A very like kind of dorky version <laughs> of like Salt and Pepper, and um, yes. you know all of those songs that came out. I want to say like right around that time, like in that like two, three, four year period where it was mm-hmm. like. Um, push it and uh, talking about uh, sex and um, with TLC who was the one who had like the condom Lisa Left Eye Lopez but they were a black group black female group and so mm-hmm. it's they were rappers and so like these guys mm-hmm. gals <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like taking it straight to the FCC yeah they definitely, I like that they targeted the FCC. You know, I do think that they were probably really subverting a lot of the, uh, what it was thought to be a good uh, woman back in those days, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. It was very, so if I can speak to like, you know, you think about when my mom, your grandmother grew up mm-hmm. and how repressive it was for women. Mm-hmm. They basically had the option of get married and that was it because they couldn't do anything on their own. And then, you know, they had to be very conformist to this very, like, um, uh, status quo kind of thing. So it's interesting that these these, peop- these women were like, nope, we're not going to be status quo. Where were we going? Mm. I kind of 
threw in salt and pepper, and I, I probably shouldn't have. No, I like that. Okay. Because I feel like they're a good example of, like, what kind of came out of um, the, like, extreme side of, like... Here's the thing. So, way back when, <laughs> there was a song... Um, what was it? Was it George Michael, I Want Your Sex? Or no, was it Madonna? I don't know. It was like all of this time period where it was, I remember Madonna's like a virgin and that was scandalous. And then there was, uh, I think it was George Michael, I Want Your Sex? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's George Michael. George Michael. What year was that? It was, oh, it was 87. So, okay. So of this era, so this mm-hmm. is little me coming of age. Every time I Want Your Sex would come on the radio, because it was played everywhere, Mm -hmm. my mother would turn the radio station to a different station. Wow. She wouldn't even let it play. She wouldn't even let me hear it. She didn't like, she wouldn't let me She wouldn't ignore it or anything. She would just. She wouldn't ignore it. Nope. She wouldn't be like, oh, okay. Like, no. This is for my daughter. Yeah. No. She, she turned it off. She said, no, you can't know about that. (laughs) See, See, that's crazy. I it's not it yeah, it's definitely because it was a different era, but why what's so wrong with some education? I mean <laughs> Well, you know, I would say it's a different era, but we're starting to see this again, right? We can't we have sex education in school, we can't talk about mm. things that make people feel bad, we can't talk about all sorts of things. It's and the eighties all over again. You know what? It is the eighties all over again. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. It really is. And it's weird because you think, like, we would have evolved beyond that, but we apparently We have not. Yeah. So the Yeasty Girls were both ahead of and of their time. Yes. Yeah. I think they were definitely of their time. I think it was just the timeline of everything worked out. Um, But I'm surprised that they weren't more popular. Yeah, I never heard of them. Yeah. I never heard of them. I guess because there was no social media to push them out, you know. There was not. Everything yeah. was so gatekept. Yeah. It was very different than today. I will say that, both in good and bad ways. Because now, oh, yeah. now I think I kind of miss some of the curation that happened back then. You know, like, mm-hmm. like sifting through all of the bull. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're talking about expletives. We should be able expletives. to say expletives. Is this is this podcast have an explicit uh, rating? Oh my gosh! Yeah, now it does. Uh, um, um, I don't know. <laughs> mother brought the explicit rating. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I miss some of that curation because we are all so overwhelmed, and there used to be people who would curate the content for us, right, through magazines, all forms of media, and now we we don't have that, but. The benefit of not having that is that we could have things like the Yeasty Girls make it big these days. Yeah. I I can see them all over TikTok. Could you imagine people using their songs on TikTok? Well, I will say the only reason I was able to find them was because they've been trending on social media. (gasps) They have? Yes. So I guess what happens is they resurface every couple of years. um, And like a new generation, not new generation, but like a new little group of people will find them and then share it. And so... I found it and I realized that they were sampled in a song from an artist that's current now. And also the artist is a man. His name is TV Girl and he sampled music from a group of women 
who were like this radical feminist group who was trying to speak out against the FCC and everything and provide sex positive conversations and topics and he kind of just <laughs> made it into like a fun little edgy song for himself nice so <laughs> is he an ally or is he like I exploitative he is. or is he just kind of neutral what do you think what's your take on him I feel like it's a little exploitative do you want to hear it yeah I would love to hear it so we only have to listen to the first bit because that's the only part he sampled and then it goes into his own song but it it's interesting to me it's called Not Allowed because, like, in the FCC song, they say it's not allowed. So mm -hmm. that's, the only, that's the only connection I've made between the two. So he made his own little like moody edgy song from it, mm -hmm. taking like a few lyrics from these women who, mind you, probably didn't make any money off of their single. I can't imagine that they did. No. There was they, no distribution, no, no delivery service. They had no, no, no word of mouth recognition or they, no, what is it? Uh, name recognition. Yeah. yeah. So they were doing it because they had an agenda, which is good. That's not a bad thing. And they set out to do it. They achieved it. And then, like, a couple decades later, this guy is like, ooh, these women were on to something. But he breaks it down so that now it's just, like, samples of these lyrics. And now... Do you think, though, that there is... To play devil's advocate, which you know is my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, though, that... that there is this idea that at least it's now in the forefront of the consciousness. That I do like. That yeah. I do like because I never would have heard about them. Yeah. But I, I wonder if there are also those people who don't even look into it and they have no idea. Well, that's probably 98% of the population, right? They yeah, that's They're true. just like, oh, okay. And then there's the 2% of the population. Who these looks are not, into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are not... Uh, don't fact check me on the 2%. <laughs> but a small percentage of people who are like... Interesting. I'm more curious. I'm curious about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it's more like 40%. I don't know. No, but you're right. It's definitely like the majority of people. It's not something they think about. Yeah. Let me see. I had some other lyrics from the Easter Girls that I thought were interesting. So other than the FCC song, they have a few, I think the rest of their songs on this album, I could be wrong. The rest of them, I believe, are all sex-positive songs um, that really talk about the women's perspective, which I don't think has ever been like the at the forefront of like music. Not until recently. Not yeah. until got, is it Cardi B who's talking about? Yes. The, oh my gosh. The <laughs> there's yeah. There's definitely a lot of female artists now who are changing that. Mm -hmm. Um. It's interesting, though, to me, and I don't know if I have more thoughts on this other than, than just an observation, uh, but it seemed to me that being raunchy is the vehicle for being sex positive. 
And so I don't know if it's like shock value or what, but why does it have to be raunchy in order to be sex positive? I agree. I Because I think the reason that a lot of these female artists feel or their labels feel the need to um, like characterize them as like raunchy um, and more explicit is to kind of overcompensate for the lack of confidence women have surrounding sex like because when men talk about it and like this is very overgeneralized but when men talk about it in songs or just in conversation it's expected of them almost and there's no like gasping or like there's no pearl clutching no there's no pearls being clutched there's no shame um it's like sex is just inherently a positive thing for men but for women it just hasn't been like we've constantly been struggling with it i think we're definitely getting better like there's been improvements but yeah you know what it's interesting you were just talking about like this lack of confidence talking about sex positive stuff Mm -hmm. and like using you know we were talking about raunchiness being a vehicle for it and i think that you're really you just you show you demonstrated something to me or illuminated something for me and that is um I think, well, number one, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Number two, uh, this, like, you had to have something that was so powerful, such as being raunchy. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't, like, that's so attention-grabbing. You have, yeah, you you have have to. to In order to counteract those centuries, I guess, Mm -hmm. of uh, subjugation of women, especially in white culture, right? Like, this patriarchal Christian mm-hmm. uh, purity culture. Purity culture that was also that, big in the eighties. So. It, it 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 you know people want to go back or whatever to like uh, you know I guess when America was great when Donald Trump was on the new or on like TV. Yeah, when he know, was like a celebrity. Like he, like he wrote his book, The Art of the Steel. <laughs> <laughs> like a big name because part of the deal, yeah. yeah. And 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 like he he wants us to go back to that when he was man. at the height. But look at all of the problems. People never think people, I, you know, when women were women and men were men, <laughs> bullshit stuff, you know. <laughs> so anyway, but but just talking about the need for something that is so strong to kind of shake or or you know, get us out of that rut of thinking that women are not sexual beings, Mm -hmm. just like because we are human. Although I have here, I have heard that there are asexual people. I don't know much about that, but, and I don't, I'm not trying to like crap on them, but, you know, to each their own Morrissey, you know, is one of those people from my uh, era. Mm -hmm. But, um, but this whole idea of like, that's part of the human experience. It's just part of the human experience. Like, it's it's embedded in us. That's how so, we all got here. Sorry. Yeah, it, but it <laughs> does make sense that that's the number one thing that uh, that is targeted. Something mm-hmm. that is so um, endemic, I guess, to our culture of, like, of, of needing to survive. Oh, my God, Ellie, of course they, of course we were taught, women were taught to, uh, to, Feel shame. Feel shame because then that gave gave the patriarchy power to control, yes, right? Because we are the ones who bring life into this world. We have the power, and they shamed us for having power. So now they have it. Yeah. They just did a little switcheroo. 
They were like, oh, you don't need this anymore. Did a switcheroo. Yeah, they're like, that's not me. And then they take, you know, they put on their cap and like disguise. They're like, no, that's not me. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) No, it's absolutely. I think I think that's absolutely true. And so people who were, you know, you just gave me a lot of respect for those raunchy artists. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, look at my mom. She turned off the the thing, which was just about a very it was a very sex positive song like. I want your sex. I want your love. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, it spelled it out. It for spelled you. it out. Although I will say, when we were, I can't remember the lyric. Sex is best when it's one on one. And I remember I had a friend at the time who was like, every time that that part would come on, she's like, forty on one, and like just being stupid, you know, <laughs> like twenty on. 30 or like whatever Aww. she would just be really stupid just messing about it, it up, just messing yeah. it up yeah just being again raunchy because <laughs> that was really our only tool right yeah that was a tool of the time i just looked up the lyrics to that song mm-hmm. um and let me see it says for the pre-chorus i swear i won't tease you won't you tell won't tell you no lies don't need no bible just look in my eyes <laughs> That is so good. George Michael. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Also, this man was gay. I know. I mean, he wasn't out, obviously. But, like, he, I, like, how crazy is it that we had so many flamboyant artists singing about consensual sex between a man and a woman? Can I tell you something? (laughs) Yeah. It always is the people on who are pushed out, right? Yes. That have to show us on the inside who are part of the status quo, maintaining the status quo. Or like that is unhealthy. What you're doing, yeah, but it's hypocritical too. It's hypocritical. It's so sad that those are the people though that have to teach us. It's just really upsetting because he mm-hmm. was in the closet, you know, for for a long time. Yeah, he struggled with he it. Struggled like, that's with hard. it, and yet he's teaching us. He's giving us the generosity of teaching us about consensual sex like you went above and beyond above and beyond mm-hmm. george thank you george thank we you george. love you up we there love you. <laughs> love you george <laughs> so it's frustrating to me because i feel like it's not fair that we create gendered labels like masculine and feminine because in my mind and i feel like if you think about it Really, it's unfair because anything that isn't perceived as masculine is therefore feminine. And things that are feminine are not masculine. And if you're not masculine, you're not like worthy of society's attention. It's so frustrating because I feel like, what's a good way to put it? Based on like what you're saying, like you, I, I love this conversation with you. Like Thank you're you. really, yeah, no, seriously, I, I genuinely do. Not just because you are amazing uh, and so smart and so pretty. And so Stop! Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but because you're you're showing me like you're bringing something to me that I I guess I think about on the in the background probably I think most of us do even we do. even men I think we have this we like I'm a man um <laughs> I think there's a script running in the background of our heads most of the time uh that 
is just basically put there by society and yes. what the rules are so that we can somehow fit because we need to live in society, right? And so the real question is, is like, what's the society in which we want to live? Yeah, there's a script running in the background, but like we don't all act on it. Yeah. Or think about it or acknowledge it, yeah, which what's... isn't our fault either. I feel like the, I feel like gender, or not gender, I feel like um, socially we don't expect men to think about the repercussions of the patriarchy on women because it's meant to serve men, which isn't their fault either. <laughs> it, it's so frustrating. I think that is true, and I think that's where we, we fail a lot of the times is when we think that uh, we need to individually do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to individually heal ourselves, or we need to individually do this thing. And, and growing up in the 80s, the very me, 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 and even seeing it now through social media, like, each one of us is a star, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not practicing the collective anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know if we were ever practicing the collective. That's probably not even the you know that was, was probably facade. never it was a facade of the collective mm-hmm. but that is kind of where i think about these um going back to this curation where we could be presented with like a collective and it's like oh rather than thinking every single one is a star we had somebody who was like you know putting things together to show us a collective and maybe that's maybe that's the future you know that we don't have these male things and these female things or maybe we do but um, we're not elevating one over the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's idyllic, though. I don't know that we'll ever get there. I don't know if that's realistic, yeah, but... Because, because I think if everything was controlled by women, I don't know if necessarily things would be better. No, they wouldn't necessarily be better. <laughs> because be- it's, it's the issue is one party holding all the power. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. It's the how it's been constructed. Yeah. It's a poor construct. <laughs> it is a poor construct. I think we need the Yeasty Girls again to to really uh, get us back to where we need to be. Yes, we need a petition. Bring, okay. bring, bring the Yeasty Girls back. Yeah. But no, I do want to finish that one thought that I had because I want you to keep in there like all of the praise I gave you because <laughs> I, think, I think that we don't practice enough receiving praise and just allowing it to wash over us especially as especially as people who were socialized as as women as girls as female we even still to this day like i see this uh oh this old thing like those classic midwestern values that are like oh they're so nice when mm-hmm. really they're not nice it's like conditioning it's conditioning yeah mm-hmm. and it's you know and i think i think you're right in that we just need to be questioning what what are we doing what is what is it that we want to see mm-hmm. and you're right like if you are part of the patriarchy and you are benefiting from it either as a man in the sense that you control the power or as a woman so that you don't have to worry about the power that you have mm-hmm. because with power does come responsibility <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And so if you're upholding it, then yeah, you're probably not going to be, you're not, you're not going to want it to change. No. But for the rest of us, what is a healthier way we could be living? Yeah. Not with yeast infections. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not yeasty girls. Like yeast Maybe girls. not. <laughs> 
But no, thank you for giving me something to really think about. Um, I, I, yeah. I hope that you go back to this and listen and be like, where was that thread? Oh, that would have been good. And then right. come back and we can re-record. But, no, um, we should do that, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what were we talking about? Shoot. It was good, too. Should we go back and listen? We can, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Okay. You've given me so much to think about, and that's, you know, this idea of what's masculine, what's feminine, and, you know, really... I, I still fall into the trap of, am I likable? Which is the real question of femininity, mm-hmm. right? Am I likable? And I love the idea that these Yeasty girls didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't need to be liked. They liked themselves. And that is the power. That's of, empowering. That's super empowering. Yeah. That's super empowering. And for men and women, but that's what we teach men and we don't teach women, which is such a fault. Yeah. Like we, it's truly a disservice. Well, to be likable is a way of like subjugating, right? Yes. Fit, fit into my, conform to what I need, mm-hmm. not you be you. Mm-hmm. You do what you need. You conform to what I need, which indicates that there has to be a level of power that one gives up in order to be likable. Mm-hmm. And these women were not going to conform, they were not here for it. <laughs> not with a name like Yeasty Girl. No. <laughs> Or a song about the FCC or songs about, like, sex positivity, wearing protection, all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for coming on my first ever podcast episode. I was your first guest? Yeah, you were. Oh, my God. Thank you for giving me the honor of being the first guest of my first podcast episode. It's great to have you. Yeah. Are you thanking me for giving you life as well? Yes. Thank you for <laughs> bringing kidding, me bringing me into this world. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no. Seriously, I am honored. I am truly, truly honored that I was your first guest yeah. on, on such uh, an important um, podcast. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it was keep, very important. Keep using your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Raunchy or not. <laughs> definitely keep using it. Yeah. Thank you. Love you, Muffin. I love you. I'd like to thank our sponsors for helping produce this podcast and to all of you for listening. I'd also like to give a special thanks to my mom for joining me on this very special episode of my podcast. This was actually my first ever interview for a podcast, so that felt very special, and I feel honored for having my mom be my first guest. If you've never heard of the Yeasty Girls, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Maybe go check out their EP if you're feeling up to it. Again, a lot of the other songs are kind of raunchy, um but I personally love them. I think you should all listen to them and educate yourselves because you really don't know what you're missing. They they have a lot of crazy um, messages out there that are seriously not PG, um, but they're important, you know. I didn't feel comfortable talking about it on this podcast with my mom, but the one song that we did cover I thought was great. It was a great representation of what the group stood for. And it also showed how artists today are still inspired by this group, which is really cool to me. I hope after this episode, you've learned more about yourself and a little bit about those around you. Again, this has been Think Pink. I am your host, Ellie Cooper, and I hope to think pink with all of you next time. Bye-bye!